Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's Cochrane Sportsbook app. It's your girls, Michaela Perkins and Tirsten Sussell. Happy Friday, everybody. If you're in the chat, say hello, say hi, say what's up. Let us know how you're feeling on this electric Friday. There's so much to talk about. Tirsten, how excited are you? <laughs> um, I'm pumped. We're also heading into a holiday weekend. We might be getting Kevin Duran here in Arizona. I know you're having a heck of a time out in Denver. You were out at the uh, Avs Championship Parade, so you're probably like on cloud nine more than anybody right now. Um, I am violently hungover, I will be honest, but it's okay because yesterday was the best day of my life. I got to come to Colorado and I got to see the Avs in person hoist the Stanley Cup on top of fire trucks on a stage. They were everywhere with that cup. I actually got to touch the Stanley Cup after the rally. They came by with it, and I was on fr- like in the front on the rail, so I actually got to touch the Stanley Cup. Coolest moment of my life. I have peaked. Um, they shot confetti all over the place, which was really cool. I actually saved it so I can put it in a snow globe. I don't know if that's weird or not, but like, when are the abs ever going to win again? Who knows? So I had to take uh, advantage of that moment and – you know, honestly, I'm pretty sure I peaked in that in that moment, but um, it was awesome. I'm very happy I got to experience that. <laughs> I so badly, it hits close to home, I guess, because maybe because like we've got our DNVR fam. Obviously, you're from Colorado and from DNVR originally, but it hits so close to home, like seeing DNVR get to cover and celebrate this. It just makes you think about how amazing it would feel for the coyotes to be in that position and have the city ignite around them. Like, Oh, I have like, I don't know if FOMO is the right word to use (laughs) in this situation, but like, I totally do. I want that for the coyotes so bad. Yeah, no, I think FOMO is the perfect word to describe it. I also have a kinship and an affection towards the Arizona teams. Obviously I went to Arizona state. I worked for the teams that covered the teams. So I also desperately want, to witness Phoenix sports teams win a championship. And if there's anything you can hold on to, the abs were the worst team in the NHL five years ago. And five years later, they're hoisting the Stanley Cup. So Coyotes fans, there is hope. There is light of the tunnel. And as long as this organization can knock it out of the park with Bill Armstrong's draft this coming up in a week, less than a week, who knows? You guys might be hoisting Stanley Cup in five years. So the light, there's some light left. <laughs> okay. I like the positivity. Until then, we'll just live vicariously through Denver. I'm, uh, I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, one thing that Denver doesn't have and will not have is um, potentially Kevin Durant. Uh, and it all signs right now are pointing to the Suns gonna acquire him so it's been a whirlwind of a I guess what 28 to 48 hours here uh as everything has unfolded and free agency has begun and Kevin Durant is has requested a trade um and we've just like it's just been like one thing after another after another after another after another um I know a lot of teams have been um you know, after Kevin Durant, but it seems like the only place he really wants to go is to the Phoenix Suns and all reports, at least in the last like few hours have said like 
the Phoenix Suns are going to get it done uh, somehow, some way. Yeah, there has been so many things that have happened in the media that have made me say, say what? And honestly, I'm kind of here for it. I am living for NBA free agency drama. It is serving. It is giving me everything that I wanted so far, but mostly because obviously the Phoenix Suns are in the middle of it. And so many rumors have been swirling about Kevin Durant possibly coming here. Who would be traded? Who wouldn't be traded? What would be included in this type of deal? And there's just been so many things out there that I'm just like saying, what? Well, like, also, also some like, also some like whack takes too. It's like, oh my, oh my goodness. But I think in general, like some of the stuff that's being floated right now, like for instance, Flex from Jersey tweeting out that the Suns might even be able to get the deal done, um, and also keep Mikhail Bridges in the meantime. He said, can confirm from trusted source that there's a strong possibility that this could get done while keeping. Um, young Scotty, AKA Mikhail Bridges with big three of Devin Booker, Kevin Durant and CP three. I don't think the big three was like ever even up for discussion. Uh, again, no guarantees, but very possible says flex. So like that was another thing. Cause I felt like for sure, Mikhail was going to have to be included in this. And obviously we don't know, but to see something like that, I'm like, Oh, oh okay. Say what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally agree. When the first initial report started coming out and it was official that Kevin Durant had requested a trade from Brooklyn, I think yesterday evening timeline-ish, um, everybody went crazy and they're like, you have to trade Devin Booker to get Kevin Durant. There's no way that the Phoenix Suns can get Kevin Durant without having Devin Booker. And it's like, mm, I don't know what you're talking about. The Suns just gave Devin Booker a max super max contract extension. So I never really believed that. I never thought that Devin Booker would ever be on the offer table, especially considering Phoenix has spent so much time, money and energy into developing him as a player and building around Devin Booker. Like Devin Booker is the Phoenix Sun. So never really bought into that hype, but I was definitely along the same lines. Like if we're going to get KD, we're going to have to like sell the farm minus Devin Booker. So Mikhail, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, first round picks, like it's going to take a lot. So the fact that Flex is now saying there's a possibility that the Suns can keep Mikhail, I am like on cloud nine because can you imagine a big three of CP3, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Mikhail Bridges as like your fourth piece? That is an immediate championship contending team i said it i'll stick by that that is an electric factory of a team as our producer Sean would say. um so if the suns can keep mikhail i am gonna die of happiness <laughs> yeah also going back to that devin booker thing um kevin Dur or De devin Booker's the reason that kevin durant would even want to come here so right? as soon as that was said i was like i understand that maybe that's what was originally thrown out there by like Katie's camp or by Brooklyn, what whatever the case is, but like, why, why it's not even worth like, like two seconds of thought like that, that would ever happen. So anyway, that was immediately squashed. I know our son's crew has been just working around the clock to keep up on everything that's been going on kind of throughout the possible trade of sending Crowder, Bridges, Shamit, and Cam Johnson and four, four first round picks to Brooklyn um, in exchange for um, for KD. Obviously, that would mean keeping DeAndre Ayton here which would be interesting. Uh, but a lot of a lot of what I'm hearing now and seeing being um, thrown out there is that, you know, if you're not going to get Devin Booker, which that was never really an option, um, then what this is going to be centered around is those four first round draft picks in the next few years. So John Gamadoro of Arizona Sports had a tweet that basically, um, you know, said that exact thing. Any Phoenix trade for Kevin Durant would very likely center around the maximum four first round picks allowed and the Nets ability to swap picks with the Suns in several other years. So, like, I don't know if they're if their interest level on a guy like DeAndre Ayton, who you could argue is their their biggest trading piece outside of maybe Bridges, um, just isn't there. Uh, but they're definitely going to be after those draft picks, which I am 
more than fine, especially if you've got guys that are young, like you can keep like, you know, like a guy like Mikhail. And then you've got uh, a team that is stacked and is a, a surefire uh, championship contender for next year. I would say whatever picks they need to give up to get KD, give them up like goodbye. Like they're fine without them. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think somebody in the comments was saying that the Suns, they won 64 games this year, so they're already a championship contender. Um, that's false. They didn't even make it to the finals. They didn't make it past the Western Conference like championships. So I don't know what you're talking about. Like The Suns, they definitely need help. I think the time that they did make it to the finals, I, I'm not trying to discredit what they did, but there was a ton of injuries by other teams that played a lot into that. They were a fantastic team. Hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now. Don't but even I'm go just there. Saying, I'm just saying I don't think the Suns can get to the finals without – somebody like Kevin Durant like they really need help they're up against the freaking Golden State Warriors and the Splash Bros like I'm sorry I love the Phoenix Suns they're my favorite NBA team I believe in them but I don't believe in them enough to beat the Splash Bros in the Western Conference Finals so I think they need a player like KD and like you said if it's four first round picks if it's DeAndre Ayton like sell the sell the farm except for Mikhail because sweet baby Mikhail is my favorite um but I really do think they need to bring in somebody like Katie if they want a legit like a legit shot at winning the finals because not only do they have to go through the splash bros they had to go through really good teams like the Heat the Bucks who and like the T-Wolves who are probably going to be better next year because they just got Gobert like it's a huge uphill battle and the Suns they are gonna have to have a player like Katie if they're going to contend in the finals. So, yeah, I would somewhat argue that, I mean, getting a guy like Kevin Durant just solidifies, I mean, like, like Kevin Durant is one of the best players in the league. So you add him to your roster and I mean, it's like, no question. Are you a contender? I for sure thought that they were contenders this year. Um, That team, I, cover them throughout the playoffs into the finals two seasons ago they were legitimate they met their match in Giannis Antetokounmpo and he at the time best player in the league and uh then they they ran it back and you know won the most regular season games of in Suns franchise history and just had a bad series um and a series of unfortunate events too that led to that so I would say that they are without any changes, still a contender, but by bringing in Kevin Durant, that was what you need to, to, to really step it up um, because you're right. I mean, teams, the goal is to get better every single year. And you could definitely argue that, mm, you know, there was a way that they could get it done for sure. As, as you know, this would just further solidify, like watch out the rest of the NBA Phoenix Suns get Kevin Durant. In my opinion, like it's over. Yeah, absolutely. And according to Sarah Cazell, who tweeted something out this morning from when Horst joined a show on 98.7 saying, quote, I believe ultimately that Kevin Durant will be a Phoenix Sun. Oh, sorry. He was on ESPN radio, not on Arizona sports, but that is freaking crazy. I know that it's not like a for sure thing, but to have somebody like Brian Windhorst say, like, I think it's going to be KD to the Suns. Like that just adds another layer of like my confidence that this is like seriously like close to happening. Like, and it, like my mind is going to be all over the place. If KD really does become a Phoenix Suns, like never in my wildest dreams did I think I would see KD suit up in a Suns uniform. Like, I know. And like how, well, how amazing is it? Because the Suns, just what the Suns have been able to do just so in the last few years of putting themselves on the map, something they haven't, they haven't been relevant, you know, in decades and to see what they've been able to do in the last few years to where now you've got Chris Paul wants to come here. Kevin Durant wants to come here. Some of the best players in the league want to come to Phoenix. Do you remember who the Phoenix Suns have been? They won 19 games in a whole season, like a few years ago. Like- oh my gosh. So that, I mean, that is so fun. And and they're like, this is a son's town. And I, I don't want to, you know, beat that into the ground, but like just the thought of like, we were just, we were just taking a look at the championship parade for the, for the avalanche and talking about how cool it would be for the coyotes to be able to experience that in the city, to be able to experience a Stanley cup championship. But 
an NBA championship. Oh, get the heck out of here. Dude, yeah. if if the Suns get Kevin Durant, my year has been made. 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 Oh, my gosh. Like, imagine KD in a Suns jersey on top of a fire truck, like, celebrating a Suns championship. Like, my heart will explode. So, I don't know. I'm super excited about this whole thing. It's gotten me just so invested into NBA free agency. I'm never really following it it too close but I have like everybody is like tweet notifications on like Shams, Woj like I am just sitting on pins and needles because I really do think that Katie is what this team needs to be a true true title contender and um I don't care if you disagree that's my opinion and I genuinely believe that Katie needs to come to Phoenix for the Suns to win a championship so So some people do disagree some people Mm -hmm. believe that Kevin Durant is not necessarily good for any team despite his talent which leads us to at least one comment that was made that really made us say say what and that was Emmanuel Acho um on his show and I I, there I know I, I hate to like get like sucked into it because I feel like they're the point of the show is to just give hot takes and to like, you know, tick people off. But he also like brought somebody into the conversation that had like, she did nothing. So let's roll the clip and then we'll react. Kevin Durant is looking real Halle Berry-ish. How'd that look? Look great to me from my distance. Halle Berry looks great. Looks great. Halle Berry won an Oscar for best actress. Halle Berry, incredibly talented. Good for but if you get in a relationship with Halle Berry, it's probably not going to work out very long. <laughs> now, don't do that. that's not any indictment on the appeal of Halle Berry. Mm. That's no indictment on the appeal of Kevin Durant. That's no indictment on the talent of Halle Berry. Again, 2002 Best Actress. Yeah, yeah. No indictment on the talent of Kevin Durant. Again, Kevin Durant, two NBA Finals MVP awards. Yeah. But what you know based upon Halle's track record relationally and Kevin Durant's track record relationally, if you get into a relationship with Halle, Mm. just like if you get into a relationship with Kevin Durant, it's probably not going to last very long. Mm. Now, hopefully you have some wins while y'all are together Mm -hmm. because it ain't going to last very long. Mm. In the event you have no wins while y'all are together, then there really wasn't a point in getting together in the first place because all you did was get talked about. I'm sorry. I have a lot to say to that. First off, how rude. (laughs) What did Halle Berry ever do to Emmanuel? Seriously. First off, I had no idea that she even had. Obviously, I had to go look it up. I I feel bad for her because I wonder how many people were like, oh, I didn't know that about Halle Berry. How many times has she been married? There was a whole segment. It was like a 15-minute long segment about comparing the amount of times that you get divorced to Kevin Durant getting divorced from teams. And then he like totally threw her under the bus. And I was like, wait a second. That's an asshole move. Yeah, totally uncalled for. And also, I don't really think that's an like an accurate comparison. Like, if you're gonna pick a celebrity to compare like bad relationships to, like, pick J Lo. I don't know. Literally, pick somebody of Holly Berry. Like, what are we doing, Emmanuel? I don't know. Like, Apparently, she has been married three times, as I looked it up. And I, I guess like she was married three times. Kevin Durant got divorced from the Thunder, from Golden State, from the Nets. So I guess that's the comparison. Um, John Paul Edward de Dio says how dramatic I agree. Very dramatic. And I will also say this, to be honest with you, I don't care past next season, how the relationship works with Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant, because the goal is to win a championship next season. And beyond that, they'll figure it out. But I'm not worried about the, the the dynamic beyond that. And honestly there, I don't think that Kevin Durant is a good fit anywhere he goes I think he's gonna be a great fit here in Phoenix if this is where he ends up landing on this show before I've talked about his relationship with Monty Williams and we all know that Monty Williams brings out the best in anyone that plays for him uh he's also a huge fan of Devin Booker wants to play with Devin Booker won a gold medal medal with Devin Booker there are the right pieces this team has the right amount of character and the right person leading the team to pull out the best, at least for a season, 
um, you know, out of a guy who, you know, maybe maybe there is, you know, a common denominator here that you can point to and say, Mac, it's Kevin Durant. I mean, here it's been after three teams. There's there is you know, there's the common denominator, uh, but I don't care. Like yeah. be good, be good for one season, win us a championship, and then whatever happens after that happens after that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I get, I kind of understand where Emmanuel is coming from, right? Like, Kevin Durant has had a messy past. So, like, there's a running joke in the NBA that, like, anytime there's a free agency conversation, like, Katie's always in the, like, window looking in, trying to figure out if he can be a part of the team. Like, I get it. I understand. Like, I'm, I'm trusting it. It's okay. It's a conversation. And obviously, Katie has a little bit of a sketchy history with going to other teams, jumping ship whenever it's convenient for him. Great. Awesome. I don't blame the guy. First of all, Brooklyn is a dumpster fire right now. Like Kyrie is probably coming back. James Harden already left. Like Steve Nash is still really young in his coaching career. Like I don't blame the guy for wanting to leave Brooklyn. What did you expect? I legitimately want to know who thought it was a good idea to begin with. I feel for Brooklyn. Who thought it was a good idea to bring three of some of the most polarizing superstars. If not, if you want to say polarizing superstars, not polarizing players, but polarizing superstars, I think the three that they had originally uh, with James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving were probably the top three. So I don't know who thought that was going to be a good idea to begin with. Obviously, I don't think that I don't think that it was their personalities that led to this whole thing disintegrating. So I'm not going to blame that, but from the start, it was set up to fail. It was never going to work. And I'm not surprised he's jumping ship. I will say, I do not like the fact that somebody can have four years left on a contract and say, you know what? I can't win a championship here. So you need to trade me. And that is the way that the NBA works and has worked for a while with its superstars. And there's something about like, like where's the integrity of like, what do contracts even mean anymore? You know what I mean? Like, what does it even mean? If you could say you could call up the GM, the owner, the whoever, and just say, um, yeah, you guys kind of suck. And I want to win. So see, ya. you got to trade me. No choice. I'm not going to play for you. Like, I kind of hate that at the same time. Like, give me Kevin Durant. I appreciate, like, the hopefully the outcome of it. But I also kind of hate the fact that that you could – I mean, four years is not like, hey, man, I got – I've got one season left with you guys. I gave you five great years. Um, you know, I, I've I've been here for a while. I think my time is just kind of run out here. Like that's not the situation with Katie. Yeah, Katie wants to win another championship, and I think the best place for him to do that is obviously in Phoenix. Because I'm sorry, but Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and CP3 together electric factory like I said before. And so I don't blame Katie for wanting to leave Brooklyn. And I genuinely think like. Maybe outside of Miami, like that, like joining the Phoenix Suns is going to be the best place to do that for a championship. And the other team thing that the Suns lack that they really need, and it's something that I think that's affected them in the playoffs in the past, is experience. Like so many of the players on the roster have either never been in the playoffs before, they've never been to a finals before, they've never won a finals before. And Katie has that experience. He's done it. He has a championship under his belt. And I think that experience is invaluable to a young team like this. Obviously, I know CP3 is an outlier, Grandpa CP3, I get it. But um, I think Katie brings a lot to this team that like it's a perfect marriage of what you're looking for. Katie's played with Devin Booker on the Olympic team. They won a gold medal together. Like CP3 is probably somebody that could get along better with Kevin Durant than like a James Harden type of human. Like, I just think there's so many things about this merger that makes sense. And I don't blame Katie for wanting to come here. I would want to come here if I was a superstar NBA player. Like it, they have a really good shot of getting him that next championship that he's looking for. The one thing that we can also look to and really appreciate further with all of this is the fact that a guy like Devin Booker, a that has transformed himself into a superstar has stuck it out with one franchise and has been able to help turn a poverty franchise or a franchise that has been going through a long stretch of poverty <laughs> into a, a championship contender. And so you, you appreciate 
what Devin Booker has been able to do that much more when you do see, you know, hey, guys calling up other guys, where can you go? Where can we win a title? Let's team up here. I mean, I guess they're teaming up, you know, in Phoenix. But I appreciate Devin Booker for everything that he's done for the Phoenix Suns. He's stuck through a ton. He's kept his head up. He's improved his game. Um, and I mean, he deserves everything. I know we, we briefly touched on that con max super max contract that he, he just agreed to. Um, but props to props to Devin Booker, because without him, none of this would be happening. Uh, mm -hmm. also Dagoon says, let's see what happens before we panic. KD book and scrubs are better than 90% of the NBA. If we keep one of Mikhail cam or DA it's gravy. Totally agreed. And honestly, totally. That's the approach I think that the Suns are taking. It would be great. I mean, I think I truly believe that Mikhail is more of a priority right now than DeAndre Ayton. And Mikhail has a lot more um just just with what he brings. I don't want to I, I hate comparing. I honestly feel bad for DeAndre Ayton in this entire situation, yeah. especially seeing <laughs> the way that he hasn't really gotten a lot of attention throughout the league. It, I mean, I feel Unless it's very low-key, like, I, yeah. And you're also talking about, I can't imagine how it would be where a championship contending team, the team that drafted you, it's the only team you know, they're trying to build something, and you don't know if you're going to be a part of it or on your way out. And I guess yeah. that's the business of it. And if he's on his way out, he's probably going to get the money that he wants regardless. But I can't feel good for DeAndre Ayton. I do kind of feel for him in this situation. And, you know, if the Suns are able to work out a deal and keep him as well, I like Dagoon, like hit the nail on the head. If, if they're able to keep Mikhail, Cam J or DA, and I would say, um, Cam Johnson aside, we would like to keep him or the Suns would like to keep him. I think if you're just able to keep either Mikhail or DA, one of the guys, and then add it to your big three, that to me is gravy. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm very attached to Mikhail. I love sweet baby Mikhail. I love the twins together, so I love Cam Johnson. Honestly, I've never had an issue with DA. I do feel like he has been pretty disrespected in some senses by the Suns. So I feel for the guy, I think he's a great center. I don't think there are many other centers in the NBA right now that can compare to DA, especially how he is on the defensive side of the ball. So obviously I think someone in the comments just said um, the Suns aren't going to have any bench depth if they get KD. That's definitely a concern, especially if, you know, if you don't really, I don't know what the trade package is going to be. Obviously like picks are going to be at the center of the deal, according to uh, John Gamadoro. So uh, it's going to be a little bit concerning about their depth. I definitely agree. James Jones is going to have to be some kind of wizard, especially if a lot of the young core is moved in order to get Katie here. But uh, I don't, you, Katie is a super, super phenomenal, superstar, superstar player. Like you got to do what you can to get him here and then figure out the rest of it on the way. Hopefully James Jones is some sort of wizard and can figure out how to keep at least one of those three players that we've mentioned in the past, but I'm sorry, you got to do what you got to do to get, to get Katie here, to get Katie to Phoenix, F them kids, F them draft picks, like full Michael Jordan. Like, I don't give a shit. Like just do what you got to do to get Katie here and then address the bench depth issues after that. A couple, a couple more comments that I want to get to before we move on. Andrew Pagano saying wins wings over bigs in modern NBA. We've all talked at nauseum about the NBA is becoming positionless. And Kevin Durant has the skill set. Um, you know, he, he's a forward, but he has a ball handling skills like a guard. Um, he can, you know, the, the Suns can have a centerless um, lineup out on the court as well. I mean, uh, Kevin Durant for the modern NBA right now, you could argue is like exactly to a T the kind of guy that you want. Um, I think there was one more comment that I wanted to get to about um, DA being a big part of their finals run two seasons ago. Um, he definitely stepped up, was definitely a big part of that, but was also a big part of why they weren't able to get past the Bucks in the finals as well. So he he melted in the face of Giannis Antetokounmpo, which you can't blame him for. But yeah. at the same time, um, you can't – I mean, he, he's not, like, the best player in the league, right? So um, 
so there's that. that. I guess that's just those are the two comments that I wanted to make sure that we kind of addressed. Anything else you want to say on the on the matter, Michaela? You know, I had something really good to say, and then I pulled the biggest blonde moment of my life, and I totally forgot. I'm so mad at myself because I had such a good point, and I'm just like, shit, what was I going to say? So, you know, honestly, I forgot. If it comes up again, I'll make sure to bring it up. But we do have to talk about the odds of Katie coming to Phoenix on a DraftKings Sportsbook app. Tirsten, I know you have the latest odds of what we're looking at here. I think last time I checked, Phoenix was minus 200 favorites. Yeah, um, minus 200 favorites, and the Nets are next in line at plus 700, so it's not even close right now in terms of <laughs> on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the odds, like all signs, whether it's reporters, local reporters, national reporters, the folks in Vegas, all signs seem to be pointing to Kevin Durant coming to Phoenix, which is really exciting to see. Um, I mentioned Vegas as well. Uh, Big weekend in sports, uh, big weekend to go out and have fun, to celebrate our country, to be with friends. Uh, Fourth of July weekend is always an absolute blast. Um, But out in Vegas, uh, they're putting on a show uh, with uh, UFC UFC 276 going on this weekend. Um, I I would like to make jokes like I know what I'm talking about, like the calf slicer, the Peruvian necktie, you know, like what can we see in the octagon? Um, But I already outed myself that I'm not a huge UFC fan. (laughs) I want to see you try to reenact one of those moves, like what you think. I I wouldn't even know where to begin. This is this is this is about the extent of what I know. I can give him like a little elbow. Oh my god, I'm (laughs) crying. Okay, there are a ton of ways to come out on top of the octagon for UFC 276, though. And one of those ways is obviously with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet just $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win, and you'll get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code PHNX this Saturday at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Oh my God, that was hilarious. Craig Morgan is calling me right right now. I wonder if he's calling to tell me I just embarrassed the whole company. Um, honestly, <laughs> it's what we're here to do. <laughs> oh my God, that was hilarious, Kirsten. I love it. Um, I also am not an avid UFC watcher. I will expose myself alongside of you. Something about watching other people get hit really makes my tummy hurt. So, you know, I try not oh, to I can't that. stomach it. I can't. That's the whole reason why. I, I would love to get it in. I mean, it's such a, like, a trendy and popular thing to, like, to watch. And I just cannot physically stomach seeing that. It makes me cringe and, like, simultaneously <laughs> sick to my stomach. Yeah, but if you are a UFC fan, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code PHNX, and bet on your fighter. Do it. <laughs> All right, Tristan, we got some funny laughs in, but there are some things happening in the college football world that are not so funny. And I have a lot of strong feelings about what is going on in college football right now. So yesterday, it was reported by a newspaper in California that both USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12 and they are moving to the Big Ten. And then today, our friend, who is an awesome college reporter, tweeted out that it is confirmed that USC and UCLA, their application to join the Big Ten is confirmed. And so I think it's time for us to get on our soapbox and talk about this entire situation because I have so many thoughts about those two California schools leaving the Pac-12 and moving on to the Big Ten. Um, Do we have that tweet, by the way? Can we throw it up? I want to make sure we give credit to where credit is due. Our friend Keith Thamel, sources at USC and UCLA have been notified that their application to join the Big Ten has been accepted. The schools will begin play in 2024. And this has sent shockwaves through the college football community. Obviously, the Pac-12 released a statement saying that they're very disappointed, which obviously is expected when the two biggest money-making schools in your conference have dipped out. 
And then the University of Arizona had released a statement too, saying that they're also disappointed. I'm not going to read that whole thing to you because it's very long, but you get the gist that they're not happy. There's a, a longstanding member of the Pac-12. They're proud of the Pac-12 and the traditions and the commitment to student athletes. And obviously they're just not excited about USC and UCLA peacing out. Um, Arizona State has not released a statement yet, but if they do, we will definitely make sure the PHNX Sun Devils has that for you. So the reaction has been extremely, extremely polarizing on the internet. And um, I want to get your thoughts on this, Tristan. So I'm going to let you get on your soapbox first. Well, UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12 is is the death of the conference. I, I fully believe that. And I don't know why it irks me so much the way that the Pac-12 acts like they're almost above everyone else. Like we're the conference of championships. We have a long storied history in athletics and academics and leadership. Uh, who does? Who, UCLA and oh. USC do. UCLA and USC do, but that's no longer your concern because they're gone. And B, where has that gotten you? Where has that gotten you? Because uh, you're about to completely fall apart. So what does that even matter? Your schools don't bring any money or have a very loyal fan base for the most part. Don't at me Arizona basketball or Oregon football. Uh, I would also include USC and UCLA in there, but but no longer our concern. College football is built on tradition. It's built on rivalries. And with the way things are heading, we're getting farther and farther away from that. That's what makes college football fun. That's what makes it seep into the souls of college football fans. It's the tradition. It's the rivalries. If there was ever any integrity to it, and you can certainly argue that there's never been integrity to college football, we're continuing to get away from it. I hate this. It was already, hey, you're either in the SEC or you're Ohio State or Clemson, and if, you, if you're not, you don't really matter, all things considered. But now we're in a spot where we might as well just get rid of all the conferences altogether. I mean, what does it even mean anymore? What's it going to mean to be a Pac-12 or a Pac-10 champion? Seriously, who cares at this point? They're already viewed that way. I'm not a fan of the way college sports in general is heading, to be honest with you. Uh, so let's just say goodbye, though, at least for now, to the Pac-12 or the Pac-10, because it's about to be the Pac-0. And then we'll just see where the chips <laughs> fall from there. Yes, Tristan, uh, get on that soapbox, girl. That was incredible. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of nervous about how to follow that up, but gee, okay, here we go. Um, I feel like I need to get on my soapbox about this topic because I also have some strong feelings. We obviously both went to Pac-12 uh, Pac school, so we're very close to this issue. We're in a state that has two Pac-12 schools, and I'm feeling some type of way, so here goes my soapbox. I truly believe that college football, as we knew it, ended last summer when the SEC made waves that they announced that the conference was adding Oklahoma and Texas from the Big 12 to the mix. Now, USC and UCLA, two other massive programs with longstanding history in the Pac-12, are moving on and they're moving to the Big 10. And not only is this catastrophic for the Pac-12, but it's also catastrophic for college football in general. The Pac-12 is not a viable conference anymore. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. The only other schools that even come close to generating the same revenue as UCLA and USC are Oregon and Utah, and occasionally Arizona State when they can secure a nationally televised game. Since the 230 of the Pac-12's 544 national championships belong to UCLA and USC, that means 42% of those Pac-12 titles are now departing to the Big Ten. The Pac-12 will never recover those losses, no matter what they try, no matter what schools they attempt to add to the conference. You're telling me that Boise State and Colorado State are gonna bring in revenue? I don't fucking think so. The Pac-12 is dead as we know it. And any, why would any of the current Pac-12 schools wanna stay in a conference that not only can figure, can't figure out its broadcasting rights with major television companies, but they can't even generate major revenue anymore? People are starting to talk about super conferences now. The Big Ten and the SEC could certainly add more programs to further fracture the sport. That will put a higher profile Pac-12 teams on notice and they'll wanna leave the, the conference too. And the future of Big 12 schools, they're scrambling to stay relevant. The future of college athletics is 
so scary right now. The bottom line is it's bad for college football and more importantly, it's bad for student athletes. But of course, who cares about the athletes when their only priority is making money? Well, at this point, they certainly opened the can of worms to be able to say that. Hey, you want to make money? Okay, well then let's make this whole thing about money. Let's not pretend what we're here for because clearly that's all that matters anymore. Screw tradition. Screw, uh, you know, like what's best for you in terms of being able to do school and also, uh, you know, play a sport. You're not a student athlete anymore. You're an employee. I mean, I mean, if that's what it is, that's what it is. And I can't freaking stand it. Literally, look at this map, Tirsten. Look at where these two new Big Ten schools are located compared oh, to the rest a lot of the conference. Are you kidding me? All of those schools are in the Midwest and the East Coast, and then you have two random schools out in California. You're going to be carting these kids all over the continental U.S. when supposedly their academics is supposed to come before their sport. What are we doing here? Like those poor athletes, like their schedules are about to be insane just so that they can travel to keep up and play the other schools in their conference. Like what is, what? can you imagine? Okay, let's just take a second. Let me take a second. Can you imagine these two Southern California schools that play in 80 degrees sunny weather, probably like 24 seven traveling to Michigan in the middle of a snowstorm to play football? I'm sorry. What are we doing here? What well, are we the, doing? The other side of it is like these teams are going to be like what makes it fun and what makes rivalries fun for the most part is typically proximity. So it's like you might be able to they might be able to take on this like L.A. persona of like, oh, we're going to L.A. or just because it's L.A., so maybe, maybe you can have, you can create a little bit of a, like a rivalry just based off of that. But it's like, why the heck does Michigan give a crap about UCLA? Like, I can tell you people there in the Midwest, East Coast area don't give a crap about UCLA. They just don't. And so it just, it's, uh, you know, it's, n nothing's going to happen overnight in terms of just making it feel right or whatever, embracing the change. But it's just who cares? Why does that, why, what does that even do for you? UCLA and USC, what are you getting out of it outside of, I guess, whatever, like money. And I don't know, I don't know, you know, numbers and things like that and what teams are getting or what this would, like, I, I haven't crunched the numbers. All I know is like, I'm a college football fan. And as a college football fan, this is upsetting. <sighs> it's crazy. Like college football is going to be, I mean, with the addition of, like I mentioned, like those two schools joining the SEC with NIL stuff, like college athletics are never going to be the same. Like we are going to be seeing an entire upheaval of this sport and the way athletes operate, the way schools operate, like it's about to be mayhem out there right now. And honestly, I'm not here for it. Like I do not like all the changes that are on the horizon for college sports and college football specifically. And it just like makes me wonder like what, what are we doing here? Like, what is going on? I just, I, I never really get to understand these decisions, obviously, because I'm not in like the decision-making process. I mean, unless you want to have me be the commissioner of some sports league, which, Hey, call my line if you do, but it's just so infuriating. I feel bad for all the students that are going to be affected by this. All of the schools that are left in the PAC 12, like I'm not even kidding you, the PAC 12 is dead. It is not a viable conference from 2024 at that point when they start playing in the big 10, like, it's just not like, all the Pac-12 schools are going to suffer. Those kids at US, uh, USC and UCLA are going to suffer. Like, it's just a nightmare. Like, it is truly a nightmare. And then the super conference of the SEC and the Big 12 or whatever you want to do with it. Like, I just, oh, it's all bad. It's all bad. I just feel bad for like ASU and U of A, like the teams here. Like, I already, I went to ASU. So I grew up in Ohio. So I grew up around the tradition of Ohio state football, came out here for school, um, realized that there was a difference between the tradition, the fan base, what call like what game day meant between Ohio state and ASU. Then I left and I covered Tennessee football and was, you know, traveled all over to sec schools and, and saw the tradition the long-standing rivalries, even if teams sucked, like Tennessee and Alabama. Tennessee was like, you know, like an ant to Alabama. It didn't matter. We're gonna crush you. Uh, so, but 
Tennessee loved it. And there's so many longstanding traditions and they, you know, the third, third, uh, Saturday of October, I think it is. It's like, they always play Alabama. I mean, there's just so much stuff going on. And I know this has nothing to do with Tennessee and Alabama, but for ASU, when I got, when I came back here again, so like I've just, I've experienced different college football fan bases and atmospheres. And I came back here and covered ASU again. And I was like, nobody's even here. Nobody's even here. And UCLA yeah. and USC were two teams that like made it really fun. Like, oh, we're going to LA and oh, uh, you know, we poached this team from USC or USC. They grew up, uh, you know, fans of either one of those schools and ASU poached them. And like, it just made it fun. And the proximity was fun. Um, but you get rid of those two schools. We, it, ASU and U of A have struggled. If you're just taking football. And I know that this is about a lot more than football. Um, and it's a lot more than college basketball. I mean, it's every sport, but I look at it from a college football standpoint, um, just because football is King and, um, like, so just football alone, the, the two Arizona schools struggle to get people in their stands and to get people that are diehard fans. And I really, really, really feel for both fan bases because this leaves them no choice. It's like, what do you want to like die with the conference? Because you're sticking to, Oh, we're a bunch of leaders and we love academics. Bull crap. You have no choice now. I mean, you're either going to die on that Hill or you're going to get the heck out. Um, but I, it leaves the Arizona schools, in my opinion, in a really bad situation. And obviously being here in Arizona, that's what we care about as well. That's in our backyard. Yeah. Someone in the comments brought up a really good point that I do want to talk about too, is, um, obviously this affects not just the college programs at USC and UCLA, but all of the college sports programs at those two schools. And you have teams like volleyball that play two to three times a week, basketball that play twice a week, like they're going to be all over the freaking continental U.S. trying to play these games. And, oh, my God, those poor kids. Like, well, sports that have multiple games a week, like, how is that even feasible? Like, you're not anywhere close to where you're going to school. You're in Pennsylvania. You're in Michigan. You're in Wisconsin. Like, are you kidding me? Like, how is that sustainable? Think about, too, like, those, like, outside of college uh, football and basketball, you're not getting paid, right? Yeah. So, like, think about the other sports that are just like, we didn't freaking sign up for this crap. Like, yeah. this is about football and basketball, and we're somehow just getting thrown in for the ride, and we didn't ask for this. Yeah, it's it's a hor like it's a bad decision on all levels, but you can't look me in the face in my eye and say we did this because we want to prioritize our students. That is bullshit. No. That is no. bullshit. Like your students are going to suffer. I mean, the the football and the basketball athletes are are going to feel the effects of this, but everyone else outside of those two programs are definitely going to feel the effects of that. And that's so unfair. And I feel for those student athletes because being a student athlete is one of the hardest things in the world and their schools just made it 10 times harder with joining a new conference. And it's, it's so sad. Well, <laughs> it might be a good time on the, of the show. I need a drink <laughs> to crack a beer open. I'm so it's Friday, isn't it? It's a holiday weekend. That means we can it start is. early. I've got a peach golden ale from Four Peaks, our partners over at Four Peaks. Um, and we also have uh, an event coming up with Four Peaks next week too, right? We do, yes. So we are throwing a huge event at the Four Peaks Brewery in Tempe for the NHL draft. It's on July 7th, starting at 4 p.m. We will have all of the PHNX Coyotes crew out there, except for Leah and Craig, who are actually going to be in Canada for the draft. But all of your other favorite PHNX personalities will be there in support of our Coyotes crew. So if you want to come hang out with us at Four Peaks, you can head over to our events tab on gophnx.com to get your tickets. Or if you go to PHNX underscore sports or PHNX underscore coyotes on Twitter, you can also get your tickets there. It's only $5 and you'll get that money back through a discount on for PHNX merch. But it's going to be awesome. We're super excited for it. We had our first like event at Four Peaks um, this past week. We did some broadcasting and some shows and we're out there and it was amazing. Having Four Peaks on tap like two seconds away from you 
elite. I was obsessed with it. Their food is to die for. Their beer is obviously to die for. I have a Diet Coke because I am in the great state of Colorado. So Four Peaks is not as easily accessible to me here as it is to you in Arizona, but it is the 4th of July weekend. And so when I get back, I will be going ham on the Four Peaks beer. I can promise you that. So <laughs> you as always, Go be responsible, 21 and up only. Got to be responsible. Drink responsive people. It's very important. I did not do that yesterday and I'm regretting my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you being uh, truthful with that you are under 21 because it is always 21 and over. Yeah. Um, you know what else is 21 and over? <laughs> weed. Okay. Stay okay. The weed. Um, our partners at OGs make the best THC gummies in the entire state of Arizona. They are an Arizona-based THC scratch kitchen. And oh my gosh, I live, breathe, and die OGs gummies. The orange creamsicle flavor is by far and away my favorite. I pop an indica 10 milligram one before I go to sleep and I knock out, have the best sleep of my life. I can't recommend OGs enough. They also just launched their very limited edition seasonal flavor. It's pina colada. I have had it. I am obsessed with it. It's not quite my favorite because orange creamsicle is, but it's a close second. It is perfect for summer. Gets those beach vibes going. The perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend mwah, to die for. Make sure you check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. So, you know, I think we got a great plan going for the 4th of July weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this whole time, I've been wondering, <clears throat> Craig Morgan, I, I mentioned that he gave me a call. He gave me a double call. So, oh, I don't know. The last I'm time he, The last time he called me, he had me cover a city council meeting for him. So, I hope there's not, like, some surprise. While he's going to be at the draft, some city council meeting he needs to, because, like, I'm done with the city council Maybe meeting. don't call him back. <laughs> return his phone call. Uh, I think we had a, a fantastic show, got a lot off our chest today. I'm excited to head into the weekend and hopefully by the end of the day, Kevin Durant's a Phoenix Sun. Phoenix? Phoenix fingers. Oh my God. I can't speak. Am I still there from yesterday? Fingers crossed. KD to the Suns. This is an awesome show. Thank you all so much if you're watching uh, right now and if you're in the comments. You guys are the absolute best. I hope you guys have a fun, safe 4th of July weekend. Remember, we're a family here at PHNX, and if you want to be a part of that family, head on over to gophnx.com and sign up for a membership. You can get your first month for only 50 cents, or if you sign up for an annual membership, you'll get a free t-shirt from the PHNX locker. There's a ton of other great benefits of being a part of the family, so go sign up for a membership today. Thank you, thank you, thank you times a million for tuning into our show. We do this every Friday, usually at 1230 the Coyotes made us move today because they had to talk to Bill Armstrong, which I'm not going to complain because when you have the best Coyotes writer in the state of Arizona, you do whatever he asks for. I'm talking about you, Craig Morgan. So thank you all so much. Have a wonderful 4th of July weekend. We'll see you next Friday at 1230. Bye.